Gaming NBS episode 232. Being recorded on GM's Day, March 4th, 2019. Welcome to Gaming NBS, a tabletop RPG podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show, folks. Welcome back. Glad everybody's here. How you doing, man? I'm doing better than the last time I was on. Yeah, you sound like complete hell. Yeah. I, Is, I, um, my wife's got the... I was going to say, did you give it to Tam? My wife. So she has no spleen, so she's very conscious of getting sick because you your immune system gets compromised without a spleen. And she she's like... When I'd go to bed, she's like, you have to stay, you have to stay turning away from me. Face the other way. Face the other way. You plague bearing son of a bitch. Don't breathe on me. (laughs) And now she's like, I know what you did. In the middle of the night, if I turned towards you, you waited till my mouth was open and then you sneezed right into it. Right. Yeah. That's what I did. There's a level of time. That's what I do at three in the morning is like turn over. In the is somebody who's feeling horribly ill and whatever. There is a desire to find someone that you could lynch. So I understand. I understand where she's. I have been that sick before, where you wish and hope that you could find the the plague bearer and burn them. I have a method of kicking shit. Like people have their old remedies and stuff. I have my own, and and frankly, it's I think a little less than a week. I'm okay. I'm not achy. Do I want? Do we want to know what this is, Sean? Or no. is this borderline illegal? I've got just a little bit of congestion. Okay. And no. I have to cough every once in a while. But I, I'm, for the most part, man, I, I am like comparatively speaking, hundred percent turnaround. Huh. But so you got to just what I do is you got to drink this. Some of this is not. This is no brainer stuff. Okay. You just got to drink this shit ton of liquids. Okay. You do the chicken noodle soup thing. Got it. You eat kind of normal as your appetite is Allows. good. Okay. But you sweat like a, you sweat your, you just sweat. Okay. So I would, if I were to go to work or if I sleep at night, uh-huh. I'd put on like two layers of clothes. So when I get up in the morning, this dude is. is you're, you're just a ball of sweat. A ball of sweat, so, man. So your, feel, your wife, your wife in close proximity in the bed. Yes. Is waking up next to a man who has been secreting plague-ridden sweat germs well, so, into the bed. Well, and she, she wonders why she may be sick. Well, what she usually does. Is she, she, you marinated your wife yeah. in your germs. You what, she, what she usually does, though, after I'm sick is she usually goes and burns everything. Oh yeah, I mean it's the only way to be sure. She goes and washes everything, and I mean she just goes. It's bonkers. the it's we learned this from aliens, right? You nuke the yeah. site from orbit, so you right. to be sure. Yeah, but seriously, like I would put on sweatpants, t-shirt, sweatshirt, actually a hooded sweatshirt. I'd wear a hat to bed with socks, and I'd be under a sheet, a blanket, and a comforter, and that blanket is electric. I can't sleep like that, dude. Oh, no dude. fucking way. I, it's uncomfortable as hell, but I'll tell you what, when you wake up, you're like, whoa, it's like coming out of a sauna. So I'm, um, before we move on, I do feel I need to say that any of the yeah. aforementioned, um, remits, remedies, tonics, poulticide, or whatever else. Guaranteed been, to work. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. He said it. He said <laughs> it. He said guaranteed. it. Guaranteed. 
All right, let's move on to other stuff. Or your money back. <laughs> oh, there you go. What you what? What? How can you turn into a, tune into an RPG podcast and get this quality of content? We're like health conscious here. We are health conscious. Now I know. Now I'm telling you how you can make your next game when you're feeling under the weather. And the trick is to do this as soon as you feel it coming on. Like if you're like, ooh, there's a sniffle or ooh, there's that itch in the back of my throat. Boom. Yeah, man. Go full yeah. sweat lodge. Full swore. Yeah, man. Sweat lodge it to death. And every night until like you until feel comfortable that it's gone. And then burn the remains. And rest, like sleep all okay. the time. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sleeping on the couch, sweating. Sweet. Sleep at your desk at work, sweating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's go on to announcements. We, uh, Sean and I will be at GaryCon, which is this next Thursday and Friday, well, and Saturday and Sunday. Holy shit. I'll be rolling in Wednesday evening. Sean, you coming Thursday morning, or what are you doing? Thir- Thursday morning's the plan. Awesome. Yeah. I, yeah. As long if my wife's feeling under the weather, she's trying to get me to. If I don't see you Thursday, I will tell people you've died. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I got a game to be at. I know you do. It's probably that special ticket I got for you. Is it Thursday? I, I don't, don't know, know if that's Thursday. Could be Friday. So that's happening. Uh, next time we get together to record, we'll probably do a little post carry count how it all went and so forth. But let's see here. Um, oh, awesome dice. So did you pick a winner? Did you pick a winner? I did pick a winner, Brett. This week or this month for the month of February, the winner of a set of awesome dice from awesomedice.com is Nathan Panke. All right. Congratulations, Nathan. Uh, I will reach out to you to ensure that it's okay to pass along your email. And then Brandon from Awesome Dice will reach out to you and uh, arrange delivery of your new set of Awesome Dice. Thanks for subscribing to the newsletter, Nathan. So if you want to win, I think we're going to like, I think the June timeframe, you sign up at our email at uh, email list at gamingmbs.com. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be automatically entered to win a free set of dice. Um, but in addition to that, you can go to their website at awesomedice.com, place an order for anything, 10 bucks or more, enter promo code GAMINGBS, and you'll get 15% off your order. Very cool. Very, very cool. All right. Let's see. Shall we? I think that's about it. Let's random encounter the sucker up. Yeah. Randoms encounters. You ready? I'm ready if you are, man. I, I'm ready. Emails, voicemails, smoke signals, however people get a hold of us. Yeah. <sighs> Email from the monger. Hey guys, monger back again to answer this question you asked last podcast. This dude is on top of his game. And I feel I might have a thought to add. To answer your question, I think GMs can be a good player in the game. And this is why, besides uh, being able to help new players that are not familiar with the game system by sitting them next to GM player. The GM player can quietly coach the new player on basic questions they might have about the game system. I know this might seem uh, might be a little underhanded in a way, but when I take a break from GMing, I like to show by example how I think a player should act as the player uh, by not undermining the GM that gave me problems when he was a player, making sure I respond to all emails quickly when the GM sends them out, Monger, you're a scholar and a gentleman. Um, being early to the game, make sure I'm prepared and stay off my phone and play the game with them and try and not and excuse me and not try to outthink the GM. Stay in the moment. Enjoy the time as a player again. 
get re-energized to GM again. Because I know when I play in a group where we each get a chance to GM, the show will be the shoe will be on the other foot sooner rather than later. Uh, for me, the first game I heard that uses zones is in Fate Core. Zones can be as big as you want them to be. I use a combo of zones and ranges to help understand better um, placement on the on the theater of the mind or battle mat. This can help the this can help gamers understand what um, what it would take to get from one zone to the next, or from being in the zone to being in melee range. I sometimes will do a very rough drawing of what they can see in the next zone to help um, stop questions like where they um, where they can take cover in the room and so forth. Monger, very cool. Yeah, thanks, Monger. Good stuff. I like the. Uh, I, I don't know enough about fate, so that's interesting that it's in there. Okay, cool. I have to do some digging. I like it. Yeah. All right, man. Over to you, sir. Matt V comments on playtesting this week. I, li- I listened to another podcast with speakers occasionally, and they made some good points on a play test panel. Some of these you touched on, but I'd like to expand. One, it won't ever be perfect. You will be better off getting a mediocre product out than never putting out the perfect product. Oh, yeah. That's true, double true. Amen to that, man. Which leads to two. With today's era of crowdsourcing, for most indie designers, you're better off funding a project and releasing a semi-finished but unpolished product to your backers. Then you can revise it for six to nine months while taking in feedback from your community. These are all people who have a vested interest in your game and want it to succeed. Then you can have them send feedback and you can make it better. Even some big guys like Paizo do this, and this can be invaluable for small guys because we don't have the budget or resources to do a massive playtesting. It can also give you a small cash infusion, which you may or may not need. This can also generate interest for your game, which can generate more sales, and you can even do a second round of Kickstarters if enough interest is generated. You could also just give the playtest out for free, but I don't think that works as well. Someone with a little skin in the game is more likely to find time to implement it and has some skin in the game. Three, you can use this to help you. You can use this to help you create a community. For a small game publisher, the only real way to make it is to generate a few thousand or more, if you're lucky, of dedicated fans who will eagerly buy everything you put out and help promote it. If you can get up to 2,000 fans and count on them buying a $10 product from you once a quarter, you just made a decent little business and will do better than 90% of game designers out there. Guys like Luke Crane and Monty Cook's entire business is built on this community-adoring fan structure. And I totally agree. And if you don't know who Seth Godin is, read his book on tribes. And moving on to number four. That last part was me. If you're going to do this, make sure you will be able to get out a finished product on the time scale you recommend, or at least close to it. It will ruin your reputation, and unless you are big, likely your career. Despite doing quite well with this model, Monty Cook has many complaints about their Kickstarter to production time. Granted, they always get put out, but sometimes it's months or even over a year past time, while in the meantime, they are doing more Kickstarters and starting more projects. Obviously, he does something right, but I don't think many other people could get away with that. There's a lot of people that get away with a lot of things. That are, it's because of who they are. Yeah, or they got away with it one last time, <clears throat> far west, <clears throat> and uh, can't get away with it again. Because at true. some point, you will 
cross a bridge yeah. that you can't get back over. That's true. Can't do it too many times. No, you cannot. Anyway, great episode. I just wanted to point out with the internet today, I think game designers should focus on community building as much as the actual play testing and involving your client base is a great way to do it. I like this point. One of the things, Matt, I want to call out is the first, uh, the second piece, the crowdsourcing, um, doing Kickstarter and then revising it. You need to have a very strict, in my opinion, a time constraint that everybody knows. Like, look, you can do this. I will have three revisions and the final revision is here that published timeline the drop dead date for feedback or whatever you got to have it this was one of my larger complaints about blades in the dark was when i backed that it just seemed to be revision 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 i did not fully understand i don't think it was explained very well that he was going to be revising that game what i considered ad nauseum um it was I my my preference is something pretty damn close to done. That's my I, I had that as kind of a soft requirement, but that is now a no bullshit. If you're not almost done, like I was with my Avalon Kickstarter, look, the book is done. It just needs you know art and layout, and then stretch goals, which I'll <clears throat> you know we already had a number of those things started for different components to it. You've got to be in a really strong place, and if you're going to use your um, your community to help you do this stuff, be very clear on when that ends because immediately to your first point, you're going to be better off getting on a mediocre product than never getting one out. It won't be perfect, right? So don't, don't assume that you can do that ad, uh, just forever because at some point you will run into, hey, it's been a year. It's been a year and a half. When's the actual fucking game coming? So there we be. Yeah. All right, who we got up here next? Matt Martinez emailed us. I was recently reading an adventure. I'll avoid naming it because I don't want the writer to feel being called out. And there was a bit of a, <laughs> there was a bit that kind of struck me. The scenario involves the player characters being hired to deliver a data pad. The adventure specifies that. Should the PCs attempt to open or otherwise physically tamper with it, all the data is automatically erased and the mission is over. Is it just me or is that poor adventure design? If the writer can anticipate the characters trying to tamper with the device, shouldn't they at least offer some ideas on how to keep things moving instead of effectively punishing the players by telling them game over? What do you folks think? Yeah, I think that's horseshit, Matt. <laughs> that's a ter- That was like some of those old school adventures that uh, and we've talked about this for investigative stuff like Call of Cthulhu. Some people enjoy this, but if the only way to move something along is that one person finds the clue or one person everybody makes a climb check or they fall to their death. If that's what everyone signed up for, like, hey, look, I'm playing Dungeon Crawl Classics and uh, look, uh, it was a total party kill. It is what it is. That's okay. But this, this isn't even a combat. This is just players being players and characters being characters trying to figure things out. Um, yeah, I think that, I think that's a, that's a bad idea. Sean, what do you think? Give me contrary just to be contrary. Well, you know, I, like to think that it's just not being contrary for contrary sake. Mm-hmm. But there is a point counterpoint, I think. Yeah, like what? I think you should just kill the character that uh, opens it up. See, that would at least be, that would actually fly right into the, hey, how to keep things moving. That's the king in yellow play. I read the play. You go mad and die. Oh, I should probably not read that. Next character. I want to read it. See if that happens to me. I go mad and die. Huh. 
Anybody else want to do that? Fuck no. How do we get rid of this thing? I think I found Guess my- Guess what? Plot, plot moves along. I think I found my new con game. <laughs> Read it and die. That's the con game. There you That's go. That's right. But anyway, yeah, I think generally speaking, if you can, if within there say, hey, look, if you tamper with this thing in any way, the game is over. How about you just don't do that? <laughs> so, Matt, I'm sorry, man. I, I have to agree with you. I shouldn't say I'm sorry. I just, I I have to agree with you, Matt. That's that's bad. That's a bad design choice. Terrible. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's a, there's a movie that prevents it. A movie that prevents it? I mean, a movie that prevents it. Maybe there's a movie that's like that. I don't know. What are you talking about? That uh, I'm trying to think of a movie that would would be similar to that. I, I honestly don't know. If you're angling for something that I should remember, I honestly don't know. I'm just trying to show. think of like a movie that's actually like, okay, you get a package and you're not supposed to look at it and they go the entire movie and not look at it. You like Pulp Fiction? Well, I suppose Pulp Fiction is the characters look at it though. We don't from the outside. You don't get to see it. Oh, that's true. Characters get to look at it. Yeah, I don't think it's a great design choice, but no. I mean, you could do other. I mean, you can you could write things into it. Yeah, there's so many cooler things that could be done other than game over. If that's legitimately what it is, I'd be like, okay. So I anticipate the character probably want to get on the device. The device uh, encrypts itself. I cracked the encryption. Well, it encrypts itself again in a different language or it does something different. It just is this Mobius strip of impossibility. Like, wow, this is really hardcore. You've got to have the Uber master key or something to to get into this. You know, Johnny Demonic or something. I mean, it, there's a way there. The way better ways to do that than that way to go on it. That's just totally. terrible. Yeah, because I can see that being wow. Uh, this uh, written adventure ended in five minutes. Why? Because my characters got the device and uh, they opened it up, found it didn't work, hit it with a hammer, and then went off to kill orcs or whatever, whatever it is that they do. Oh, my God. That's terrible. Anyway. Shall we? Yeah. Have to find out what adventure that is. I kind of want to know now. All right. So I wanted to check in, Sean. We uh, both started some new campaigns not that long ago. I had uh, a bit of a delay getting to my second session due to a big um, ERP cutover for the day job. But that's done and back in place. And we went, well, and this last weekend I ran my second session. And I kind of wanted to check in, see how the campaigns are going. And I was running a Pathfinder game in my Avalon setting, focused on the outlands of it, uh, D&D, low magic-y type of thing. Sean, uh, you were going to do a Star Wars bit. How's that going? Did you have a second session yet, or how how, how far have you gotten, man? No, I haven't. And March isn't being too friendly to us. So um, February had some things come up, and then, well, I'm like, oh, the 9th. Yeah, the 9th. Oh, no, the 9th is GaryCon. I can't do the 9th. And so I'm uh, one of the guys was like, you know, Sean, you should just put out a bunch of dates that you're going to be available, and we could just, you know, Set of you know, kind of know what's going on. So that's what I have to do is sit down and basically go, okay, I'm going to do, you know, we're run on the 16th, you know, March, whatever, or April, whatever, and just do like three Saturdays back to back. Now that's the Star Wars game. So mm-hmm. I'm running two games currently. True. Yeah. So interesting question for you, I guess. <clears throat> Excuse me. One of the things that I, we started doing, um, my buddy Alpha got a, um, uh, Google website 
Yeah. We used to use Google uh, G Plus exclusively for notes and everything for for that. But we built, mocked up a – it's a very simple UI. It's very easy to, to mess with um, for our different campaigns. Nick's got his out there. Alpha has his. I have mine. And I post up notes because there's links right to a Google Doc and so forth. And all of our scheduling is posted out there in a little calendar. Everybody looks because goes, ah, yes, it's, this is the date. Um, I think – one, I have an advantage in the scheduling department because I've known these folks for over 20 years. So we know who we are, how we like to game, and and so forth. I don't know if it's I, – I was thinking about this when you, when you said that because I know you're gaming online. Do you think it's actually harder to get people online to game than it is in person, or do you think it's about the same, just a different – Yeah, I don't think it's any different. No different? Okay. No, no. I, I mean, we have we have the same – I think it's the same challenges or different challenges, but same kind of result as scheduling on-site face-to-face. So my other game, I mean, we'll literally schedule four months or three months, but we're only doing it once a month. So we just go through every Saturday in the month and say, okay. Which one? uh, The ninth? No, I can't do the ninth. 16th? Maybe. Maybe the 16th. I can't do the 16th. Well, okay, one person can't do the 16th. Everybody else can. Oh, what about 23rd or 20? Yeah. 26th or 20. I can't do math. Oh, yeah, that'll work. Okay, blah, blah, blah. And then we'll all put it down. Oh, I got a birthday. But I should be, I don't have to leave till 6. Okay, great. So everybody, okay, now let's look at the next month. So we'll literally look at, we could have a game back to back weeks and then not play for like two months. Yeah, seven seven weeks. Okay, <clears throat> interesting. Is there so one of the things that's happened in my home group is one of the gamers beta is he's not able to make it as often as everybody else. I should back up. So Hold the on. agreement. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Don't lose that thought. I won't. The only other thing is that when we do it face to face, I'm running, mm-hmm. and my buddy hosts. Okay. So if he can't make it, but I can, ma, ma, ma. we still can't run. But if he can, and you can, there's at least two of you. That's right. <laughs> Actually, and, and his wife. Ah, so you almost got you got half a gaming group right there. Exactly. So on the other side of online, and I'm the only one running, I mean, I may be the only person they need. Yeah, okay. That's why I run. Because you're the only person anybody needs. I'm. That's when I'm needed. <laughs> See, it's a psychological thing. I have a lot of baggage, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things I've done, I've got one guy, uh, Beta, his schedule is more up in the air than anybody else's. So we pick a day, and we pretty much just discount what Beta can or can't do because it's always up in the air. However, it's accepted within the group that, look, if Beta can make it, he'll have a character, great. He'll jump in and play. His character, um, Beta's really good about it as a player. He plays support people, and he's totally fine if, look, I can't make it all the time. If I don't have super cool, intricate, moving plot forwardy things that last session to session, I'm fine with that. If I can have something really cool for this session, great. If I can't, hey, it's it's on me that I can't be here all the time. So he takes that... Um, I, what I think is pretty grown up, like, hey, look, it's, it's on me that I'm not there. So, you know, do what you got to do. And that, that's fine. Just keep gaming. Don't quit just because I can't be there. Um, we do have some scheduling stuff where we work around 
um, my buddy Lenny with visitation with the kids and stuff. He's got to make sure he can get different places. And then we got to get, you know, <clears throat> we have our own scheduling problems too. JR just got out of the hospital. So we're working all that. But overall, we go, hey, this day, good. If most of us can be there, we're ready to roll. And um, I th- it, we usually pick after the last game, we pick the, the next session for the next month. We, we can't go four months out like you can, but... So far, scheduling's not been too bad. But again, I have an edge, much like you do with that group, with your Tomb of Annihilation group, is you know these people, and you've got a different rapport with them than you do like a larger online community. Yeah. Yeah, and that one, I'm going to think, I'm going to move forward rather briskly, I think, in the upcoming meetings where it's going to be, you know, leveling leveling up every session and then getting them to to the real end. Because you are you thinking about doing a drop in drop out thing? Because I'm of the still Sorry. well, I'm still wanting to do that. I may do that online with okay. that too. Is is well, that's what I was talking about with your Star Wars thing? Do you should you run that drop in drop out? Well, and it may end up being that way just because of somebody not being able to to make it every single time we play, or you know, Joe Swick's not being able to to join, which I know he's not a big deal to him, but at the same time, so there. But I think if I were to go that route, I would just go D and D. I don't know if it would be five E, but it would be like old classics where okay. it just didn't matter. I mean, they weren't at the previous adventure, you know. They you know listen to something or read something to play catch up, and then they're they were there all this time or whatever. You know, there is something to be said for that. Certain games lend itself to that more so than others. It feels like to me anyway. I'm yeah. sure somebody. I'm sure somebody out there could run a very intense champion superhero game and have drop in, drop out too. I just don't know. Yeah, I don't. I think. I think if you slice it, it doesn't really matter what game. I think it's just yeah. something that I would probably be used to because I think we used to do that where it would be like a little more like, oh, this is familiar. I know how this works. We're in the middle of it. I can't play. Well, I can. So let's just do it. So here's a dwarf. Although we had half a fuck off. Here's a dwarf. Here, yeah. um, you're off and running. Right. So, <laughs> apart from your scheduling debacle, is anything going well with the Star with the Star Wars thing? Oh, I think it's going well. It started out bumpy, but I think that uh, now you know the <laughs> the four guys listening to this could be like, "What in the hell is he talking? Is he even in the same game? That game like, sucks. What the fuck he, is wrong he, with that?" I don't guy? know what the hell he's talking about. He's on a different plane of reality. Um, yeah, I, th- I mean, it did start out bumpy. That was to my detriment. I mean, I was just. I, for whatever reason, man, I just felt, I don't know if it was the time of day. I don't have any idea, but it was like, this is getting off to a rocky start. Now, after I get into it, it was fine. Maybe it's just when my the chemicals in my body start working properly and I'm like alert and okay, then it's fine. Um, so it, it was starting to get going okay. But Are you, um, are the characters, so one of the things that I like to do, with mine, I think I mentioned this before, is after, especially after the first level up or the first round of experience points or character points, whatever happens, is kind of after that first session, I guess, is a better mile marker, where I look at the players and say, is there anything you want to change in your character? Mm. And Nick Nick's character, he went through and goes, yeah, um, she needs to adjust. Because <laughs> I did not take this, he didn't take combat casting. He's like, why do I not have combat casting? I completely missed that rule. And in Pathfinder, you'll get your ass beat if you don't have combat casting. It's super helpful. I got to take that. I'm going to drop this other thing. Can I do that? Yeah, it's fine. Go ahead. Um, and that happens a lot. 
especially when we're going back to a system we haven't played in a while or a brand new one. And you're like, wow, I really thought this worked this way. Or you're finding out that the way the campaign is laying out, wow, um, this feat or this thing I took means nothing. There's no connection to anything. I'd much rather do something different. On occasion, I have people say, I want to scrap this character and start over. But we haven't haven't had that. But we did have some adjustments to to player characters just... You know, we're not stats wise, but just some of the special skills or focuses and that type of thing. Do you do anything like that, Sean? I let the players make the tweaks that they need to for sure. Um, do, do they have to ask you first or run it by you? Well, yeah, I would hope that they would instead of like changing their character every session. Like, oh, I dropped this so I could pick this up. Wait, wait a minute, hold on a second. Do you put a cap on it? Like, hey, I, you know, after the first session, you're done. You've made your made your character. Now, now play with it. No, I haven't put a hard and fast down, but I think that if it was something where somebody was doing it pretty consistently, I'd I'd have to say, hey, come on now, what are you what are you doing over there? Like, the, I think after the first few sessions, once they kind of get into like, oh, I forgot combat casting, I put that on there. Oh, okay, and once they get to like third level, fourth level, I it should think be pretty well. It should, should be pretty, pretty solid at this pretty, point. Yeah, they're they're either not wanting to play that character at all. Or they've got it pretty much in to get together. Yeah. Because at, at a certain point, you're like, look, you made the character, you got to run with it, man. Yeah. Or just we'll axe them off and you can have a different one. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Walk them off to the sunset, man. We can do something different. Yeah. You know. So we talked about this a little bit where because Beta can't make his off and we make kind of player adjustments. Are there any, is there anybody in the in the Star Wars game that needs to walk out and you're looking to replace them or anything like that? Any player adjustments? I'm not saying you, you have to do that. I'm just wondering... If that comes up, because I know what happens sometimes when you've got a game group and somebody, they had every intention of being there, new job, shift change, like I can no longer make this. That happened when I was started gaming online with Chris Nizak. We had Mark Napek, who was one of the original guys on the Misdirected Mark show ages and ages ago. Misdirected yeah. Mark. It was actually named after a bard spell, not Mark. I know, but Mark was one of the- He was the guy. So, but Napek couldn't guys. make it. He he changed jobs and he's like, look, I, I can't make the game anymore. I'm really sorry. So that's when Kevin came in. We he couldn't make it. I knew Kev could play and we got in. Have you had anything like that, or has it seemed pretty stable so far? Stable so far. That's well, good. But, but that's still early. I mean, they they <laughs> haven't they ha- they haven't witnessed my my awesome GMing skills, where yeah. they may just be like, hey man, uh. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm busy next week and yeah, the week mom, after that. My mom that. has cancer suddenly. You know, matter of <laughs> fact, I think I That's have not cancer. Funny. I think I have cancer after your game. I'm sorry, but I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got cancer from your game. <laughs> exactly. That's I'm not, not saying it's a direct correlation. All I'm saying is I feel really bad at breaking out in hives. Cancer's not funny. Fuck no, cancer. Okay? I know. I there know. We go. There, we just want to say that. Yes. But we were trying to make light of it because sometimes, you know. It would be funny if you were such a bad game master, people got sick from it. That'd be kind of, <laughs> that wouldn't be funny. It'd be funny to hear about. It would be funny to be part of. Well, that would be, <laughs> that would be a, well, let me tell you. Let me, this would be at a con game after the day's done where people are sitting around comparing, comparing stories. horror stories. Oh, well, hold on a second. You ever have anybody get like physically ill from your game mastering? <laughs> What? No. Really? Well, let me tell you about let this me time. T- let me tell you. I have. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Man. Um, still you, early. You're still early. It's not, I mean, I'm half, well, I mean, uh, maybe one session in, right? Yeah, that's true. So. 
Um, are there any changes you want to make to the campaign itself? Like, hey, it, you know, and I, the idea you because this happens to me periodically. I'm like, this is a really cool idea, and I get in there and the character characters start rocking. I'm like, they care about this MacGuffin much more than they do the thing that I laid out for them on the silver platter. They really love this thing. It's like the side quest becomes the quest right? or something along those lines. Hey, are you looking at the campaign saying, I'm going to rework this whole fucking thing or I'm going to tweak it or anything like that? Not yet. Okay. I can't see that happening. I think Star Wars can, I mean, you guys went off the freaking rails. Yeah. But, you know, if I define the box pretty rigidly, I mean, if I uphold my reputation, there should be no <laughs> bullshitting around, Brad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What does your ticket say? Your ticket says Alderaan one way. One way ticket to Alderaan. It says MF on the border. <laughs> got one way ticket to Alderaan. <laughs> Pack your bags. We leave tonight. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, <laughs> so seriously, so evil, are you at a point where you're like, you're not going to change it? You don't see any need? Dude. I don't see it right now, but it's it's inevitable that one of these yahoos is going to, they're going to go in a direction and everybody's going to go, hey, that sounds great. And I'll be like, no, no, <laughs> it's not that way to all around. I see. How's the uh, the other one going? The uh, Tomb of Annihilation still on track or do you need to make some adjustments? Uh, I did you did you did you possibly flub up a rule or something that you, <laughs> that you need to retcon answers for? I did. I did F up. Um, I think the only one out of the group that listens to this show is Joe. Okay. And I can confide in Joe. Joe, Joe would, Joe's the guy who is like a silent spell, right? He's the one that's like, Hey, silent spell. Oh, that's right. Joe, you get a point of inspiration. Yeah. Good man. So, and I'm surprised, uh, uh, one of the audience, uh, hasn't written in and said, dude, that, that shouldn't even have been able to take place. And what I'm talking about is on the, and they probably haven't listened to the episode yet. On the last episode, I was talking about the Tomb of Annihilation where I got, I nailed a character and killed him. And one of the other players. Every every game master's dream, really. That's right. Well, they got 10 people and I let everybody create up to two characters a piece because I knew I was going to kill at least maybe hopefully half of them. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I've been, I've been letting myself down, but. I nailed one. We have been sick. You have been sick. I have been feeling under the weather, right? That's what it is. That's what it is. I got all kinds of excuses. Mm -hmm. So one of the guys I killed, and then one of the clerics of the party used Revivify. As you do. And Tomb of Annihilation, one of the main sticking points is that you do, and this is the reason why I had him do 10 characters, is because those spells aren't supposed to work. Yeah, a lot of that stuff. (laughs) Resurrection and Revivify doesn't work because of the the curse. Yep. That, that's the whole premise of the campaign. The whole mm. premise of the campaign and the game master, knucklehead Sean, completely forgets it. So, of course, revivify. Oh, oh, you you lived. Oh, okay. Well, now I'm going to go back and adjust that. Okay. No retconning. Just a little adjustment, a little tweak. Little tweak. Little 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 character just doesn't feel right after coming back. Okay. Yeah. Might not be might, uh, have might a little feel weak. Skin might have a little leprous look to it. Yeah, maybe getting a little gray. Yeah. Your wounds not healing up right. Even though you cast a healing spell on me, it just kinda that not, doesn't not even take. Doesn't the whole you just don't okay. feel like the, the, the potion was all it wasn't all Gatorade. Just don't feel like drinking or eating either. When's the last time you ate anyway? 
You don't yeah. remember eating. Wow. I haven't touched your rations in a week. Uh, subtract point of con. God damn it. <laughs> Why? Why? I don't know, man. It's crazy. It's like you're under some sort of curse. But I'm ah! telling you, once that starts happening, they will put it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Okay. Because if they don't, why the hell are they in the jungle? Yeah. <laughs> they forgot why they're in the jungle looking for something. Oh, yeah. That'll come Just around. like the freaking stupid dungeon master. In my, uh, <coughs> excuse me, in mine, I had, um, the guys went into a dwarven, into a dwarven mine. They found a secret entrance that they thought was going to be kind of a back doorway in. Hey, this would be awesome. It turns out that leads to a different chunk of dwarven ruins that also happened to connect to the mine. They were not the same. So they went to the hardest part of the dungeon first. Yay! They got the ever-living crap beat out of them. Yay! Fear, running away, all sorts of all sorts of insanity. So um, almost insanity. So lots of running away and, oh, my God, can we make it? Can we not? And um, it's funny. Did, two, two did of my they players, all live? Did they all live? Barely. Barely. So you not had a few down? Oh yeah, I had, I see had that's the down. best. You got to get a few down. Like they can live, but they they got to be afraid of like, oh my god, if the freaking cleric doesn't come over here, I'm gonna die. Yeah, and it it was wonderful because both of the clerics, um, Zave and Beta's characters, I was able to split apart through the combat, so they couldn't with Pathfinder. You've got like the whoom, you've got the big like area effect healing. They oh. couldn't reach everybody. Yeah. So my slot would like lob a fireball and wham, take out the ranger. Elf was like, fuck, ranger down. Wham. Shit. I got to go 10 feet back that way to help you. And it was, um, they wanted to use, as I said before, they wanted to use the um, the grid. So we're using the grid. Right. And well, can I just know? The rule is this. And um, it was really nice. I had a number of players go, hey, you occupy a five foot square. That's how it is. You can't lean in. You can't lean out. You yes. occupy the square. That's how that works. Um so it was really cool. And it was the other thing that was very fun with that was when I, this huge pack of uh, Dwarven ghouls took down Beta's character and they paralyzed him. And they started dragging him over to this huge ziggurat thing and, like, oh my God, they're going to make him part of the ziggurat. Ah. And he's like, yep, nothing I can do about it. <laughs> so, like, the whole fight <coughs> had to stop and they had to figure out do we heal the ranger? Do I go save the priest? How do I do? So it was very nice and wonderfully chaotic. But in the middle of it, I almost forgot some of the uh, some of the cool things, like the clues, like, oh, yeah, you have to figure out if they're there and there's a ziggurat, if they figure out what the hell this thing is or pick up the clues on it. I almost forgot a couple of key descriptors of, like, what was happening and why the the bad guys, the dark dwarves were there and why this was happening, why that was happening. Without the descriptors, I finally had to stop and say, okay, hang on a second. Before we go any farther, we just had the surprise round. Let me tell you this stuff. And they went... Uh, oh, this is bad. They're taking dead bodies and feeding into this thing. Oh, okay, we got to go deal with that. If we'd have just gotten right into the fight, I was very for I, I think I was fortunate because I was able to kind of put the brakes on and keep the characters focused on the right stuff. And so I wouldn't have to retcon everything because, well, I knew what would happen if a piece of me went, ah, fine, just describe it to me after the fight. If I did that, what I knew would happen is something bad would occur during the fight. And then I'd say, well, they take the body and throw it in the ziggurat and it disappears forever. Oh, I didn't know they were feeding it bodies. Oh, if you'd have told me that, the whole fight would have been different. <clears throat> I'm not going to have that argument. I've had that argument before. Yes, of I've course. I've had with this group before. I'm never having that argument again if I can help <laughs> it. I almost did a thing when I saw the argument coming in. No, fuck that. I'm going to stop it right now. 
hang on a second, but yeah. powers invested me in Game Master, so we'll stop time and reality, explain this to you, and we'll go right back to regular scheduled combat. Oh. Yeah. And yeah. it just it set the stage and then the stakes went up and it was it was great, but it was almost a piece where I'm like, man, this could if I <laughs> if I hadn't done that, that could have fucked up the whole campaign, you know, second session. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know it was doing that. Oh, that that plays into this other thing we learned. I would have done business. it differently if I'd known that mm-hmm. piece. Yeah, yeah. And legitimately so. True. Absolutely legitimately Well, you got to so, tell so. them what they're seeing. And exactly. I think it's something we have to keep in mind that's like, oh, they're seeing that now somewhat beyond the surprise round. Yeah, and there is when you're putting minis out and you're moving things around, making sure all the tactics are there you don't get distracted by the fact that, oh, you also have, you do have to use some theater mind stuff because right. it's just a drawing on a grid. It's just, you know, dry erase marker on a, on a grid. You need to have that stuff. So, uh, kind of dodged a bullet on that one. Um, let's see here. I was going to say what, how on the star Wars one talked about that a little bit. Anything else that you got that you want to yammer about? No, not on that one. That one just has to be played. Speaking of having to do things kind of on the fly, um, my buddy Nick, he was there. He was playing, and at one point I looked at him and said, Nick, are you doing all right? He goes, I don't know. I don't feel that good. I got to run to the bathroom. Ah, you're the game master that made the players sick. Yeah, so that's where I'm going with this. <laughs> he comes back downstairs. And I'm like, are you okay? He goes, I just – and like, you just threw up, didn't you? He goes, I feel terrible. So I drove him there so because I'm crashing his place while I'm up in my hometown. So – we get him back home. He's like, I'm really sorry. You drove all this way to the game. I'm like, Nick, dude, you feel like shit. You look like hell. Go to bed. Yeah. So it it stopped the session early because a couple pieces of information they found are very pertinent to Nick's character. And Nick is there 99.99% of the time for the game. Gotcha. And we started at noon. We ended up quitting about 8 o'clock, which mm. wasn't, wasn't that bad. But normally we go to about 10 you know, so I'm like, okay, he's at the end of the world in a couple hours early, but we paced a lot of things slower after Nick, Nick left. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's a lot more time spent. Search this room, look for that. So it was a lot more kind of sneaky, pokey, look aroundy than they may have previously. They, they may have with Nick there busted through some things and went into a couple newer sections of the dungeon that they hadn't gone to, but instead they forego doing those things because they want to wait for Nick to be there. And after the big fight, having kind of calmed down, uh, Lenny looked at me and said, this is, I don't mean to quit. He said, because we're doing pretty good. He said, but why don't we just wait till Nick can make it? And we all said, good call. Let's wrap it up for the night. Um, to punish them for wrapping it up early, I, I refused to let them level, which made me feel nice. That was fun. <laughs> but um, no, it was kind of one of those things where I think that's a piece that you learn over time or you try to learn over time is if you find a good stopping point, there's n- you don't have to play. You've got a four-hour slot for you and your buddies to play, and you're going along, and they're just kicking ass. You look at them and go, hey, you know what? You know, Ma- Mallory's done. You know, we're, we're, we, we can't play anymore. How about we just – how about we call it here? It's a good spot to stop. I've had a lot of uh, men and women I've gained with over the years say, yep, this is a good place. Yeah, we really, whew, I don't even know what to do. Oh, so many clues. Oh, so much stuff. And uh, take a break. So I think that's, I'm proud of myself because I have in the past tried to push past that and say, no, we were going to play till, till 10. I want to keep going. I want to keep going the next couple hours. Eh, come on, really? What am I going to do in two hours? You know, if it's a good spot, it's a good spot. Wrap it up. Yeah, I think mine, my, my 
group at Doom Annihilation, I tell them ahead of time, like, hey, I got a hard stop at five or six, or hey, I'm thinking about five or six, we're going to bolt. And then I, I'm gauging it, and then usually there's a good time to end. And I think those guys would never, they would just be, they wouldn't look at their watches, they would just be like, oh, that's okay. Good, that's kind of a good feeling though when you when you say like, "Hey, this is a really good spot." And everyone goes, "Yeah, I guess so." What time is it anyway? Yeah. I love that question because that means nobody fucking cared. No one was looking at their phone. Right. No one was checking the clock. They all just wanted to keep going and like, "Oh my god, it's ten o'clock already! Holy shit! Yeah, we got to get going." Now with Star Wars guys, it's like, "Hey man, it's like what time is it? Time to go." <laughs> really? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but it's something I got to be more conscious with because it's a smaller block and we're doing it at the ass crack of dawn on Saturdays. Oh. So, when I mean, I, you know, get up at, I don't want to burn their day. Now, I hear you. When I game with, uh, when I run, I'm running a new Avalon campaign for the Wednesday evening group and Sneezek has different shift hours than mm. he's had previously. So we game for a more compressed period of time because he's got to get on the road to work. Yeah. By like 10 or 1030 or whatever it is. So we go start at 7 push hard for three hours and then cut it and go. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of, which is a little bit different for me because I'm not used to that tight of a time constraint, but it's an interesting, interesting component of it. And I think that is, that may be more normal in online play than anything else because you schedule it. And I don't know. The only reason I say that is because I've never played a game in person where the bulk of the people would be like, yeah, I have a hard stop at this time. I, I don't get that normally in person. And maybe well, that's, and, and that could just be because the people I play with in person. That's because you guys are doing the marathon games. Yeah, when you meet once a month, a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And good you point. probably have the one or two that do that, or are used to more so, but their life situations have changed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, things have shifted a little bit. I mean, scheduling is honestly the the most. If this hobby has a thing that kind of just grinds on you it's the scheduling component there's just no here's here's the problem brett you're playing too many games you should settle for one campaign no and a group of players that's only. not that's not the problem either you're just greedy sean no that's not the problem that's not the problem the problem is everything else in life that's the problem <laughs> stop doing everything else that's people. right that's the plan if we didn't have to pay our mortgages and yeah. rent and buy our food and go to work come on i mean think about it man 13 years old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That This is why we played all the time. I went to McDonald's today. Don't tell anybody. It's bad for you. I heard about that. And I was standing in line. I said this on the last time. People are going to think I'm eating quarter pounders every day. Probably. I don't. Every they're, other. They're good. Every once in a while. <laughs> but there were some kids in front of me, you know, and they were probably from the local high school. They, they couldn't have been more than 14, 15 maybe. I'm like, man, you guys got it going on. They're here at McDonald's. They're going to go back to school. None of them work. Probably spending mom, probably mom and dad probably got to give them credit cards to buy their shit, to buy their food. They might. They might. <laughs> and I'm like, man, you guys are going to need to go home and game. Do something. <laughs> All right. That's cool. what happens when I'm going to be 80, Brett. It's going to come full circle. I'm at, that's, my buddies, have to, you, you and I have talked about this. It's like the old gamer's home, right? I want to, at some point, one of the, my goals, 
believe it or not, is that when I retire, I want to make sure I retire near my friends because all of my good friends are gamers. It's a thing that when your knee goes out, you can't climb mountains anymore, you can't go hunting, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can game. Yeah, you can get your you can if get I can get my ass to a table. You can or get a one computer, of your kids to drive it. you over there. God damn right. And little, they can little jerks I can do something for their old man. Get your walker out of your out of your trunk. Yeah. And then uh, escort you up to the door, sit you down at the table. I'll be back at six, Dad. What? <laughs> what? Then you might have that hard stop again. Yeah, I know. Just say, hey, I'm going to crash here. <laughs> exactly. Aaron? Oh, Dad, what? Bring my meds. You can't, can't leave yeah, yet. Forgot Dragon's the meds. not dead. Yeah, I got to remember the meds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they'll pick you up and wheel your ass home and... Go to sleep and then do it all again the next See, day. The, the problem is if we ever if we do end up like in a gamer's old folks home, they won't be able to tell how many of us are actually like have dementia or any real serious issue because well, we'll all be talking we'll all be talking about fantastical things that aren't really fucking happening, right? And we'll be really- arguing about shit that didn't really happen or actually did happen, but kind of didn't. You know, the one rules thing we everyone kind of sort of remembers, but again about a make believe thing. I don't. God help our healthcare professionals at that point, man. <laughs> yeah that'll be fun all right anyway i think that's about it let's uh let's move on die roll it up man all right die roll so i got a few this week i want to point out avery so for those that are discord savvy i thought this was pretty cool it was avery i found it somebody installed it it's a it's a bot that allows you to play D&D on Discord. So it does die rolls and calculates modifiers. And I think it can parse character sheets that are either done in Google Docs or something else. Are you serious? I don't know how it exactly works and how you install it. I imagine it's some type of add-in. Which AI, I don't like it. Well, it's not <laughs> not that type of bot, Brett, but I understand right. your concern. Yeah, I have a concern. Um, so if you are using that thing and you can elaborate to us on what it really does and if you've used it and how cool it is, or maybe not so cool, let us know. I'd be interested to hear about it. Uh, Sly Flourish, uh, a.k.a. Mike Shea, does a video demonstrating his lazy DM game prep for his Dragon Heist game on YouTube. Oh, very cool. I thought that was kind of cool, and so I put a link up uh, there. And then Ken Height came across the radar. He put out three guns. Uh, on Pelgrim Presses. So on Pelgrim Press, Ken and Robin will write articles and Ken put something out about three guns that um, you can use in your fall Delta Green or your Call of Cthulhu games. Not Call of, Trail of Cthulhu um, because they do Trail of Cthulhu. Oh, yeah. this is, yeah, this is for uh, Fall Delta Green by for sure. Yeah, and Ken's a big history buff, so he just gets into all this stuff. And- yep, yep. He tells you, like, for close combat, use the 44 snub nose revolver. And if you need something heavy firepower, I think he's got a machine gun in there. Yeah, he's got the Swedish K and then the yeah. uh, M, uh, the GE M134 minigun. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then I didn't put the – oh, I'll put a link in the show notes. It's the Critical Role animated thing. And, and if you know about this, that I mean, you're part of the majority because those suckers – they had an animation. There's an animation company that um, I forgot the the cartoon that they do. That's pretty popular, but they put up a Kickstarter to. I mean, it funded in an hour. They cre- like a million bucks, <laughs> and they're up to like two point one. 
I'll put a link in the show notes. I, I'm just like flabbergasted, man. Legends of Vox Machina animated special. Let's yeah. see here. Yeah, yeah that's nuts. the one. They had a goal of seven hundred fifty thousand. They are three million four hundred two thousand eight hundred fifty four dollars. Man, oh, if you look at it right now, it is. It's like watching. I think Alex Cameron said it's like watching people. Con- it just went up. Well, I just sitting here. They have over. Oh, it just went up again. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. This is now. Yeah. 25,072 backers. So the Critical Role fans out there, good on you, man, because uh, that that is some crazy fandom there. That they, is... They love, they love some Matt Mercer or something. I don't know. That is cool. And honestly, it's, it's cool. It's it's. There's a weird thing. We've talked about this a little bit. There is bizarre... Oh, my God. I just went up again. Um, <laughs> yes, Brett. And if you keep looking at it, it's it going to keep go going crazy. up again. I, I'm going away from it. Yeah. Um. There are odd people who backlash against popularity of anything. It's like the, um, I liked it when it wasn't popular. I liked that band before they got popular. You know why it's popular, asshole? Because you told everybody about Pearl Jam, and that's why everybody started listening to them. That's why. Freezer! <laughs> on the concrete. Well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, oh, when, when, when I was a kid. Merge. Stop it. Sorry. When I was a kid, I would have, like, killed to have this level of of gaming dungeon dragon stuff available to me it was like Dude, scrounging to find it we're gonna be beating up jocks yeah i know it's gonna be <laughs> awesome no seriously this is your it, football game is dumb as hell boom into the locker <laughs> what, what, here Dad, jesus i can play the nfl my ass i'm a critical role bitch i'm gonna <sighs> stamp Damn. a d20 into your forehead all jokes aside though it is it is neat it's cool. Um, will it last? I don't know. Whatever. Bubbles burst. I don't know. I don't care. It's it's really cool. And for the people who love that stuff, hey, more power to you. I am glad there are people creating really cool content that kicks ass like this that um, people who enjoy the hobby you and I all do is just awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Super cool, man. I would have never thought in the world <clears throat> ever. No. That people not only want to see other people playing D&D, but they would actually pay to see people play D&D. Ken Hyde once said, I never, if you would have asked me 20 years ago, will gaming be so popular that you could have somebody walk across a convention center and stop traffic? He just said, what? Whatever. And he said, I saw that happen to Matt Mercer walking across convention hall. He stopped most of of the convention hall as soon as people realized who he was. It's crazy. It's crazy. just, it's crazy. I say cool. crazy as in crazy times. Yeah. Crazy good. That's neat, man. So. All right. Let's move on. I just need flowing locks like Matt. That's the deal. I got the wrong dude. I know. You're too, you're too up. You gotta, you gotta go down, man. Yeah, sometimes, I gotta go flowy. Like when the wind get, hits get it. down to go up. Is that a song? Yeah, you gotta get, gotta get down to get up, man. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta get, get up to get, get down. Up. And sometimes you just gotta get it on. Check your P Funk, man. Oh, P Funk. Yeah. Oh man, Fun- it's funk, man. Anyway, I got psych. Yeah, man, psychedelic funk, right? Yeah. I haven't listened to George in a while. Sometimes you gotta get on up. Sometimes you gotta get down. Oh, get that's up. right. Now I know it. Yeah. yeah. Hey. Okay. All well, right. We better Moving get on. out of here. All right. All right. This one's in the can. Thanks for joining, everybody. I'm Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night and good game and all. This episode of Gaming MBS brought to you with the help from the following BSers. 
Graham Miner, Corey Wynn, Andy Hall, Hawk Sparrow, Larry Hout, Mark Tasaka, Pure Mongrel, C.W. Mellencamp, Chris Steele, Ron Bishop, Thomas Hook, Wayne Humphrey, Craig, Brandon Barnes, Laramie Wall, Dan LaValle, Jason Hobbs, Sky, Roger Brasslett, John Hammersley, Old School DM, Perry Besor, Michael Dinos, Jim Fitzpatrick, Christopher Gray, Bruce Cunnington, John Coward, Corey Gonzalez, Eileen Barnes, Robert Nemeth, Maurice, Niall Diamond, Angus, Howard Bishop, Stefan Dragonspawn, Mark Anthony Benedetti, Eric Salswheel, Trevor Davis, The Closet Gamer, Jeff Goad, Chad Glayman, Finolf, Merkel Froelich, Lord Tentacle, Joe Swick, Curtis, Curtis Takahashi, Josh Wallace, Kevin Lovecraft, Andy Olson, and Tony Sugarloaf Baker. For ways to support the show, head over to GamingNBS.com forward slash support dash us. Thanks, BSers! This has been a Litterbox Studio production. Gaming and BS, episode 232. Being recorded on GM's Day, March 4th, 2019. God damn it, I really gotta mark that button better.